This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 280. Oh my God, interest rates are rising. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey guys, what is even better than a five-star review on this podcast? Well, it's actually sharing it with a friend. More people find podcasts because friends recommend it than any other way. So hit that share button in your podcast app and send this episode to a friend right now. Let us know you did, and we'll send you a copy of our favorite book, Free of Charge. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. Now, over the last year, we've seen a dramatic rise in interest rates, which has impacted the world economy, and in particular, prices at the grocery store to the cost of your mortgage. And we've lived under such low interest rates for the last decade and beyond, really, that now these chickens of low interest rates are coming home to roost. But we have gone through turbulent times in the past, and different financial vehicles seem to float to the surface under different market conditions. Now, some might say that the reason crypto and tech stock were such great performers over the last few years is because of these low interest rates that have been available to us in the economy. Take away these low interest rates, and that's why you might be seeing cryptocurrencies and darling tech stocks losing now upwards of 75% of their value as of this recording in early December 2022. Youch, 75% drops. Now, a key thing to remember about financial planning is that a change in the interest rate environment can definitely cause a change in your strategy. I mean, if you've ever run a triathlon, you know what I'm talking about. If you're still doing the breaststroke, when it's time to hop on your bike and pedal, you're going to lose that triathlon. You need to change your strategy when your surrounding environment changes. So sometimes when the environment around you changes, your strategy needs to change as well in order to survive and even thrive. So what does that practically look like? Well, in the financial world, it might mean what was once boring can become exciting again. So before we go further, let me take you back to some simpler times. Let's take a look at the boring certificate of deposit at your local bank. Now, CDs or certificates of deposit are insured, theoretically riskless investments. The FDIC will reimburse the CD owner of the value of the certificate plus interest should the bank issuing the paper fail or go bankrupt. Now, banks will actively market their CDs. Why? Because they want funds to operate. They want to lend money from everything from auto loans to business startups, credit cards, and they will pay you a guaranteed interest rate in your CD and then lock that money up for a specific period of time so they can loan it out to other people at a higher rate. And thereby, they're making their profits. That's why banks are some of the most profitable businesses in the world. Essentially, you give a bank a lump sum for a specific period of time. Take, for example, $10,000. And the bank guarantees that you have an interest rate typically higher than what your savings account might be and might be able to pay. However, in exchange for that higher interest rate, CD savers are going to be penalized for taking money out of their accounts before their maturity date. 
Certificates of deposit accounts can be used to grow savings for the short-term or even long-term savings goals. There is safety. There's security in the FDIC coverage, and higher interest rates sure feel nice. It's also nice to see some guaranteed returns in a world so volatile. But what are the drawbacks of a certificate of deposit? Let's dig into this some. So first and foremost, CDs are not liquid. Unless you're prepared to pay a penalty, you will not see that money until the end of the agreed upon time. Again, that might be as short as six months or three years or even five years. The longer you're willing to lock up your money, the higher the interest rate they'll be willing to pay you. Now, banks began offering CDs in the 1960s. And at the time, they paid out 4% for a six-month CD. But during the Vietnam War and inflation of the 1970s, CD rates shot up high, high as 12.9% to 1980 for a six-month CD. Wow. Many people who are alive today have parents or grandparents who may have relied on CDs during this period of history, this anomaly in history, where they were able to live off the interest of their CD. Think about it for a minute. If you had $100,000 in a CD in the late 1970s, you could live on 1000 bucks a month of income. Now, for many Americans, this became the goal. I've met them. I've met the folks that did this. They simply packed a chunk of money into a bank CD, and they simply lived off the interest. Boy, those are simpler times, right? But by the early 1990s, rates were retreating fast. CD rates were back down between 4 and 6% throughout most of the 1990s. CD rates continued to drop to 1.8% in 2001 and dropped all the way down to 0.87% by 2009. They've essentially stayed at that rock-bottom rate up until this last year in 2022 when inflation began to really rear its ugly head. Again, some financial assets get wrecked by higher interest rates, but others begin to shine. Boring old bank CDs are having their moment in the sun. Looking at bankrate.com to get ready for this episode, I saw that CDs are paying 4.3% for a five-year maturity period. Wow. So the question is, is the party over at the bank? Is it finally time to bank on our banker again? No, not so fast. Not so fast. Well, that 4.3% might look juicy. In terms of the last 20 years, it's honestly pretty average, historically speaking. And I'm not big on averages around here, as you might know. And don't forget that inflation is at least twice that 4% number. So that means you're still losing purchasing power for the privilege of locking up all your money for five years. And finally, maybe most importantly, the CD will be taxed, taxed every year while that money is locked up. And that amount is taxed as interest income not the usually more favorable capital gains rates. Now, that's right, you heard me correctly. Even though you had no access to the money in a CD, money that you cannot enjoy at all while it's trapped in that CD, the government thinks it's fair to tax you for the privilege of trying to save your money for your future. Wow, every year for the next five years, your money is in that CD, you will be hit with taxes on the interest that you didn't get to spend or enjoy, even if it stays in that CD. Now tell me, in what world does that make sense? Importantly, this has an impact on your CD's interest rate. You see, paying tax on your CD interest puts a dent in your overall return. If you earned more than just a mere $10 in interest in a year, the bank or the credit union that issued the CD will typically send you a 1099 INT statement. 
That in box number one, you're going to find the details of how much interest you earned that year. And any CD with a term longer than one year will earn interest in more than one calendar year, which means you'll need to pay taxes every year on the interest that accrued in that particular year. When that CD matures, your options will include withdrawing the money, transferring it to a savings or checking account, or rolling it into another CD. But regardless of what you do with the money, you have to pay taxes on any CD interest every single year when it's earned. So what was advertised as a 4% CD after the federal, state, and local governments take their piece, you might only be left with 2.5%. Is there somebody at the bank and the IRS that you're so madly in love with that you'd be willing to put up with all that abuse? Now, let's set that aside for a minute. Let's talk about multi-year guarantee annuities. We'll call them MIGAs, multi-year guarantee annuities. A lot of people are just finding out about these. Why? Well, MIGAs are the annuity industry's version of a CD. It's not a CD, but it functions similarly to a CD. MIGA guarantees an annual interest rate for a specific period of time. Does that sound familiar at all? Yeah, that's because I just talked about that to describe CDs, certificates of deposit. So multi-year guarantee annuities currently have much higher yields than CDs at the time of this recording. And the reason is they're kind of a dynamic pricing model with multi-year guarantee annuities. They can change over time. Life insurance companies will issue a MIGA rather than a bank. So life insurance companies, of course, sell life insurance, but they also sell lifetime income products known as annuities. And thirdly, they also sell MIGAs. Now you have to look at the MIGA carrier for the claims dependability of that guarantee that they're offering. So they price all of that into the guarantee, that specific yield for a specific duration, period of time. What I love about MIGAs is there are no moving parts. There's no annual fees. There's no market drama. You're buying a specific interest rate for a specific period of time that you choose. Also, unlike a CD, you can avoid being taxed every year while your money is in your multi-year guarantee annuity. So you get the full yield compounding and growing for you rather than getting hit with taxes each and every year. And then at the end of the MIGA term, you can even exchange your MIGA at the end of its initial guarantee period for another MIGA without incurring any tax or penalty. This is done through what's known as a 1035 exchange a tax-free transfer from one MIGA to the next. Now, 1035 tax-free exchanges are great for folks who don't need the money. They just want to roll that money forward. And those who do need the money, you'll only pay taxes on the money you actually take out of the MIGA and enjoy spending at the grocery store. I mean, doesn't that seem fair? Certainly more fair than being taxed every year for money you don't have access to in the CD at the bank. Now, as of this recording, early December 2022, five-year MIGAs are showing us a 5.6% guaranteed return. That's far and away higher than what the banks are offering. So if you put a million dollars in a CD, you'd have $40,000 a year of income if you were pulling the interest off that income. If you put that same $1 million into a MIGA, they'd pay you $56,000 of income. Now over five years, that's a difference of $80,000 of more income that you'd get from a MIGA versus a CD. Now, what if you didn't take the income? What if you didn't need the money? Let's just have a little fun with this. Over five years, your $1 million in a bank CD earning 4% for five years versus five years in a MIGA at 5.6%. Well, the CD would grow from 1 million to 1,000,000, 1,000,000, 1,000,000, 1,000,000, 1,000,000, 1,000,000, 1,000,000, 1,000,000, 1,000,000, 1,000,000, 1,000,000, 1,
$131,408. That's a 2.5% net tax return on the CD. Remember, taxes are forced upon us with the CD. So $1.1 bucks in the bank CD versus $1,313,000 in your MIGA. So $1.1 for the bank CD or $1.3 in your MIGA. If you don't take that money out, but rather 1035 exchange it, there's no taxes due. So the advantage was MIGA here. You had an extra $181,700 in your MIGA, more than you would have had net taxes in your bank CD. That's just over five years. But what about 20 years? Again, we're assuming we're not taking the money out and we're just rolling those accounts forward. We're also assuming that rates on CDs and MIGAs, and we're also assuming tax rates, none of these are changing. We're just keeping these level. Over a 20-year period, the bank CD would accumulate from $1 million to $1.63 million. The MIGA, wait for it, would have grown from $1 million bucks to $2.97 million. Guys, the advantage on the MIGA there was $1,334,000. And don't forget, this money can be left to your family. Again, I ask, is there somebody at the bank and the IRS that you're so madly in love with that you'd be willing to put up with all this abuse? So as you might know, we are big on long-term financial planning at our firm, Lake Growth Financial Services, and on our podcast. And one of my favorite quotes is by Gloria Steinem. She says that the rich plan for four generations but the poor plan for Saturday night. So we are big on long-term financial planning around here. And strategies like the bank-on-yourself type whole life insurance policies and lifetime income annuities, they are there to last your whole life. Forgive the pun, of course. But however, I get it. Sometimes we need our money in shorter time increments than four generations or even our own lifetime. My guess can be a great solution when you just want to put your money somewhere safe for a few years to get some guaranteed growth before you need it again. Maybe you just want to date it before you marry it. I get it. We just had a client sell their house and they wanted to wait for mortgage interest rates to come back down before they bought their new one. So rather than keeping their sold house money in their savings account, languishing and losing purchasing power due to inflation, we put that money, the sale of house money, into three different MIGAs. We had a one-year MIGA, a two-year MIGA, and a five-year MIGA. This way, they will have some money maturing each year, every two years, and every five years. Due to these specific maturity dates, it's going to allow my client to get access to that money and, and put it toward their next house whenever they're ready for it. And if they wait, it'll allow them to have some money ready each year. And if they see interest rates continue to rise on their mortgages and they don't buy a house, they can take advantage of even the higher interest rates. Because remember, they can roll their money and their MIGAs into another tax-deferred MIGA at an even higher interest rate. So the power here is they benefit if interest rates drop, they get their house that they want, and they locked in a high interest rate MIGA for the time being. But if interest rates continue to go up, then wow, they keep renting or whatever they do next, and they let that MIGA roll over to higher and higher interest rates, 7%, 8%. How high can MIGAs go? Nobody knows. Another client, now here's another story, had come to us with another concern. This client's mother was in a nursing home, and the client was taking care of her, serving her as trustee for her accounts, managing her finances. But the client was concerned that her mother's life savings was being beaten up by the markets. 
and did not like the idea of potentially losing what money she had, what money she might need, to use for her mother's long-term care expense. Just because the markets were being fussy, she didn't want to see her mother suffer. But she also didn't want to get hit with taxes every year by putting that money into a safe CD at the bank. So after having several conversations, we put a large chunk of her mother's money into a MIGA, paying 5.5%. This gave her peace of mind that she was helping her mother, offsetting the effects of inflation. She was getting a guaranteed return on that money. She could avoid the taxes on the money that was still in the MIGA. And, and this is kind of cool, this particular MIGA allows for the provision to get a large portion of the money out without penalty without problems if her mother needs nursing care expenses. Now, what CD at the bank can do all that? Heck, what stock fund, what real estate property can do everything I just said? Hey, let's do one more creative strategy. We had a client who just wanted the contractual guarantees. I'm going to call him Jerry. I've changed his name here, but Jerry liked the fixed index annuity that we've talked about on this and other podcasts. But he didn't want all the complexity of picking the index, caps and spreads. He didn't want all that nonsense of the fixed index annuity. Jerry loved the idea of guaranteed principal protection and guaranteed growth. He also loved the idea of no fees. Now, indexed annuities are great. They provide principal protection. They provide an index crediting option that gives you potential for some great gains in the contract over the long term. And because of this principal protection, the market could crash and your annuity would still protect you. In other words, the indexed annuity's return would be 0% in a year when the markets were crashing or tumbling 30% like they did in 2022. Then your fixed index annuity would rebound as the market begins to recover. It's a truly phenomenal product. In addition, fixed index annuities have an income rider that provides a lifetime guaranteed income. Wow. Lifetime guaranteed income. But with all those good things, nothing is free, right? Most oftentimes, fixed index annuities come with an income rider. The fee is associated with the income rider. Now, for most clients, that income rider is worth the price of admission because, again, that fee provides that guaranteed income for the rest of the client's life. Income for life. And that typically... Typically, those fees on those riders are typically around 30 to 50% less than what you might be charged to, say, invest your money in mutual funds or have an advisor care for your stocks for you. However, with all that said about fixed index annuities, I'm not here to talk about that. Let's get back to Jerry. Some clients, like Jerry, want their money in places that don't get charged an annual fee, no matter what. Man, I get it, Jerry. So, Jerry is in his late 50s. He has an IRA of $300,000, and it was, like many of us, getting his hat handed to him, getting beat up in the markets last year. At this point, Jerry was still working. He did not need that IRA money, but he knew he was going to retire in about five years. Again, he's in his late 50s when we get to talking about all this. He was concerned that the stock market over the next five years would continue to be turbulent, and he knew because he listens to our podcasts that the five years right before you retire and the five years right after you retire are the most important years for the rates of return your portfolio will give you in your lifetime. In other words, if you have a negative market crash when you're 25, it doesn't really matter as much as when you are 65 years old and the market crashes. Fixed index annuities look pretty great. However, 
Jerry did not like the income rider fee gobbling up returns, and he didn't like that he might possibly still have years in his portfolio that would be stuck with a 0% return. Remember, the market might go negative, but the index annuity would stay stuck at zero in those years. So for those reasons, he chose a MIGA. A MIGA, a multi-year guarantee annuity. He worked with me to transfer his IRA money from his old money manager charging him a 1% fee to lose his money in 2022 with the volatile stock market. And he moved that $300,000 into an IRA at an insurance company that we chose for him that gave him principal protection and a 5.6% guaranteed return for five years and no more fees. That's right. You can buy MIGAs in a Roth IRA, a regular IRA, or a non-qualified cash account really in any account possible. So fast forward five years. Jerry has enjoyed 5.6% for five years. He's enjoyed half a decade with no fees on his money and no taxes on that money. And now he's ready for income. His $300,000 has grown to $394,000. At this point, he's ready to retire on this money. So we go and shop for all the immediate income annuity companies that are out there. Once we find that single premium immediate annuity, we do a non-taxable event transfer from the MIGA to the SPIA. Again, single premium immediate annuities charge no fees and they provide the highest income possible on your money. Now, what did Jerry actually do here? He had a guaranteed interest rate as markets were floundering and at an age when he could least afford that market drama. He paid no annual fees on the MIGA. And when he's ready to retire, he's going to shop for the highest guaranteed payout from a SPIA, single premium immediate annuity, at the time when he needs his income the most. We did the math on it. Under current conditions, he'd be able to pull $29,400 of income from this money for the rest of his life, guaranteed. That's almost $30,000 a year off of $394,000 that's accumulated for him in the MIGA. Now, do you want to know what Wall Street would be offering for that money? Well, on $394,000, the best research out there says don't take more than eleven grand a year. Pull no more than 2.8% of your money from your stock bond-based portfolio, and that's only giving us a 90% chance of success, eleven grand a year. And even the recently retired and debunked 4% rule says don't pull more than $15,700 a year from that market-based account of $394,000. Now, this 4% rule is only giving us a 50% chance of success, or another way to say that, a halvesies chance of failure, according to researchers like Wade Fow and David Blanchett. So what do you want? Do you want $11,000 a year with a 90% chance of success? Or stretch and get $15,000 a year with a 50% chance of success? Or do you want $30,000 a year with a 100% guarantee of success? And don't forget, Jerry has stripped out all the fees on his portfolio, and then he converted it to the highest possible, most efficient form of income you can get with guarantees attached to it for the rest of his life. At this point, Jerry is feeling like a genius. Now, no regular financial advisor is going to talk to you about the MIGA to SPIA strategy here because the commissions are so low. Commissions on MIGAs and SPIAs are among the lowest commissions in the annuity industry. So let me keep this very simple. If the commissions are low, it's probably good for you. This is why we cut out our commissions uh, at Lake Growth Financial Services to build bank-on-yourself-designed whole life insurance policies. 
We cut the commissions dramatically, 50 to 70%, and that's why you have so much cash value in your whole life policies. Similarly, it's why we recommend strategies that pay out such little commissions on annuities to our firm as well. I don't need to retire before you do. And if I can design the very best strategy for you and your family to get guarantees, low fees or no fees, and then a high income in retirement, that's all gravy for us. It works out for everybody because you'll be so thrilled with us that you'll refer your friends and family. That's been how it's worked for over a decade now. So a few final thoughts. Folks can buy MIGAs up to age 85 and even sometimes up to age 90. So age is not often a factor here. This can be great for yourself. It can also be great for your parents or grandparents. It has all the familiarity and simplicity of a bank CD. And there's no lifetime contracts with MIGAs, so you can enjoy them for a few years, date them for a while, and see if you want to keep with them, or move on a few years later when it matures. What are the risks of a MIGA? Well, some might say that a MIGA is not from a bank, so it's not FDIC insured. For me, I'm not a big fan of banks and I don't have a lot of faith in the FDIC. Don't forget, FDIC reserves are less than 1% of all bank deposits in this country. If you want to hear more about that, listen to episode 55. This means if less than 1% of banks get into financial hot water in this country, the FDIC does not have the money needed to bail the banks out. This has already happened. What happened in 2008 when banks needed a bailout? FDIC had to go to Congress and ask for a bailout. That means we, the taxpayers, were the ones footing the bill for these banks that were playing fast and loose with our CDs and our savings accounts. Now, the most recent provisions of the Dodd-Frank law say that there's no appetite for another bank bailout, and if banks get into trouble again and FDIC needs more than they can pony up, rather than taxpayers footing the bill, it's going to be bank depositors. The bank depositors, that's you and me as savers. Savers themselves will become the bag holders, and their bank deposits will become worthless. This fiasco has already happened in the island nation of Cyprus. Bank depositors woke up one morning and found that banks had closed for weeks, and their CDs, bank savings accounts, had been converted to equity shares in a now bankrupt bank. Gee, thanks. Thanks for the shares in this bankrupt bank. So no, I have no love lost for FDIC insurance, but it's important to do your own due diligence and evaluate the insurance company before you push some money into their MIGA. Just because the Three Stooges Insurance Company is offering a slightly higher interest rate on their MIGA does not mean that you should hand over all of your cash to them. By the way, part of the work we do with clients at our firm is to first listen to what your goals and needs are, and then, and only then, if a MIGA makes sense in your situation, will we do our due diligence and evaluate the insurance companies that offer MIGAs, offer similar products, from multiple standpoints. Interest rates are one thing, but we also want to look at laddering strategies. We want to look at the insurance company's financial strength, the provision to access the money for certain circumstances like covering nursing home expenses. So we are currently seeing a ton of interest in the MIGAs because people want that guaranteed annual percentage rate of return. They don't want to pay any fees. They don't want any market attachment or mayhem or, or drama. They don't want any fancy indexing. They don't want any shenanigans. They want a principal-protected product like a CD that pays an interest rate but is not at the local bank. 
and covered under the fake umbrella of FDIC. That's what Amiga is. That's what it's built for, for times like we find ourselves in today. So as we wrap up, don't try to swim when the environment is calling for you to get on your bike and ride. The key is to know your environment, to know your environment, because when you know where you are, you'll know what to do. Thank you guys for joining me for this week's episode. Give me a shout. Let me know what you thought of this. Again, share this with a friend, share this with friends who need to hear about this. And I'll see you next week for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.